Right, good evening everyone. I hope we're all doing very well indeed. Welcome back to another episode of the FPL RTG podcast. Uh, my name is Sam, I'm your host of the pods and I'm joined today uh, by returning guests uh, and anchor host, uh, assistant manager if you like, Mr CH Marsh. Uh, Charlie, how are we doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. It's getting a bit boring now. Just yeah. Yeah, me on every time, isn't it? Good job you <laughs> Good job the performance levels are at a peak at the moment, mate, because we have to keep that up to, uh, to hold your place on the team sheet. And uh, drafted in uh, on a one-week loan is uh, Mr. Basic Greg. Greg, how are we doing, my man? Very good, very good. Yeah, open very it good. full salary. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, <laughs> you know, we're waiting on your previous club to fork up half of it at the moment. So, um, <laughs> no, welcome back, mate. It's good to have you back on. Thanks for uh, giving up your Sunday evening, fellas. Um, and uh, before we, uh, I'm not going to w- go too deep into introductions because obviously Greg and, and Charlie have, have been on the pod before, but boys, just uh, for the guys listening perhaps for the first time, uh, where can they find you outside of the podcast, Charlie? Uh, yeah, so I'm chmarsh26 on Twitter and same uh, on, twi- um, on Twitch as well. Okay, and Greg? I'm basic underscore Greg on Twitch and Greg Seal FIFA on Twitter. Okay, perfect, perfect. Right, boys, I've got uh, no other pleasantries to deal with, and uh, it's time to get stuck into the stake that is the Premier League at the moment. Um, I feel like uh, I'm going to be making comments today, perhaps through red-tinted glasses, so I'm trying very hard to cap my emotions after a very intense... um, Merseyside derby yesterday, Liverpool-Everton finished 2-2. It was one of the best Merseyside derbies I can remember as a derby spectacle. Um, But obviously off the back of that, we've had some some unbelievable scenes in the last 24 hours. Just when we thought the Premier League was was in a crazy state, it just whacks up the crazy another 100%. Um, Charlie, did you watch the game yesterday? Yeah, I did. Um, Yeah, it was an interesting one, wasn't it? We... um... We, we did kind of call that, despite the fact that all the stats would suggest, or, or previous the, the all the previous derbies have been uh, fairly low scoring. We, we did suggest that this one was likely to to have goals in it, which it did. Um, I, I thought uh, stat, sort of stand out without actually um, without, without actually having too much focus on him. I, I thought Thiago was really impressive. Uh, it, it's really kind of what I was hoping to see from him in in terms of a, a neutral as, a, as an extra into the team in that he offers that extra just real real threat in the middle where you've got you know normally you would have Trent or, or Robbo putting the crosses in whereas now you've got that real penetration through the middle which I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed by he, he had uh, he was within the top five uh, for for passes this weekend of all players so he was really sort of dictating play I thought um, the, the goal, the, the game as, as a whole, I thought was was yeah, like you say, it was it was a much more entertaining than than um, than previous, and I think yeah, I, I'm sure we'll come to it in terms of uh, certain things that happened, particularly the uh, tackle on on VVD, but yeah, well, pretty uh, pretty exciting match, I thought. Yeah, I think as in from a neutral perspective, it was a hell of a derby. Um, nobody could have. I, I was watching it with uh, someone else who. Who partakes Vedum in the uh, in the uh, Twitch chat? One of the moderators of the channel I was watching it with him, and it was quite incredible. Just as a neutral watching that game, he was neutral. Just just he was glued to the game um, as well. It, it was a great spectacle. Unfortunately, overshadowed by a number of controversial events. Um, Greg, I don't know if you watched the game. I did, mate. Yeah. yeah, you did. Yeah. So what? I did. Uh, I'm going to come to you first on uh, the first talking point of the game, which was uh, the the incident between Jordan Pickford and Virgil van Dijk. Two, well, pretty much a straight question. What, what's your what's your thoughts on the incident? I think it's in a spot where Premier League have got to come out and explain what's happening or what's not happening and why it's not happening, to be honest with you. Because mm-hmm. clearly, <laughs> action... Does action need to be taken? They need, they need to come out and tell us why they think it does or it doesn't. Because yeah. at the minute, it's just it's just debate raging everywhere, isn't it? It, it is debate. It is debate. I mean, that's why we're here. And, and it is difficult setting aside emotions to try and have a balanced a balanced discussion about it. But, you know, stepping aside, it was a horrible challenge from Jordan Pickford. on. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, um, I know. 
I think in a lot of people's perceptions, a lot of the time, that's going to be a red card challenge. Um, for no action to be taken, I think that confused a lot of people. Um, players are definitely responsible for their actions after the full-time whistle. And we have players sent off yeah. for dissent. We had uh, Rhys James uh, sent off after the full-time whistle uh, for England midweek. Uh, we had the Manchester United goal after the full-time whistle when they were granted the penalty. So there's definitely action that can yeah. be taken retrospectively after the whistle blows. That's where we need the clarity, isn't yeah. it? Because if it's in the game, it's a red card. If it's... For sure. Well, it is in the game, but you, you know what I mean. Yeah, in, in, in yeah, play. I know what you mean. Yeah, I do know what you mean. Um, so, yeah, I think for me personally, um, then obviously you have the incident where now we've just had confirmation before the podcast starts. Virgil van Dijk out for what looks like a majority of the season after damaging his ACL. Uh, Charlie, big miss for Liverpool, no? Yeah, for, for sure. I, I think also just my, my thoughts on that as well is that, um, well, firstly, I, I think the the resulting injury is is sort of separate from from the fact that it's just it is yeah, just I a straight agree. red there's, there's no there's no um no doubt in my mind that's a straight red and I, i'm yeah I, i'm the same as greg i would love for the premier league to come out and say why they they haven't given given it and what they saw in that that didn't didn't deem it worthy of of at least they didn't seem to even look at it properly at least um and I've, I've watched it back a few times as well, and it's. I think the the worst thing for me is that Pickford's going in with his legs as well, where either that's just completely reckless and he's he's trying to leave something on him, or he's he's too scared to go in with his with his hands and his head yeah. and potentially get his head hurt. So either way, Pickford comes out that looking awful. Yeah. Um, the differential though, isn't it? The fact that it's a goalkeeper rather than a player. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they do seem more... to be protected, don't they? Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of what that does to to Liverpool, uh, it's just uh, well, I'm sure we'll see. Even even with him in the team so far, there's been lots of goals as as there has been in the, the whole of the league. But without him, you, you you really have to to worry about what that defence looks like and, and Allison being out as well. Those two have been basically pivotal in in the improvement in the defence where it was really struggling previously years ago, and now them two coming in was was huge. Um, so yeah, missing them, especially VVD for basically the whole season, it, it's going to seem like they haven't officially said it. But yeah, I, I, I can't see as. But I think particularly his influence on the other defenders as well, and just the yeah. team as a whole in, yeah. in terms of confidence. You know, with, play, playing with Alexander Arnold and, and Robertson pushed up so much, they they can do that because they've got someone so good as him at the back, and they they can be confident in. Okay, if, even if you know we do get hit on the counter or something, he will clear yeah. that up. Now not having that, and and someone like. Like Gomez as well, I'm sure as a young player he he will rely on having the the being able to have the confidence of of a of a sort of experienced really strong centre back next to him. Um, so yeah, I think just to, to all the players, it's going to be a, a huge loss. Yeah, I think you summed it up pretty well there. Was the final point I had on my list there was just that, that the Van Dyke effect, if you like, of the the improvement of those around him. I think the best players the best players in the game improve the standards of the other players around them. Um, when when they're playing, so it's going to be a big challenge for Liverpool to try and find the replacement there. Um, Greg Richarlison challenge red card for you or the one or Thiago. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it was, it was reckless, up, even yeah. for even for a striker, wasn't it? It's... Yeah. I think he's got previous as well, hasn't he? He's. He, I seem he to remember him getting a few red cards before, actually. Yeah. Um, he, he's he's one of those. Say again. Yeah, it's bad news for Everton going forward as well. Yeah, it's, it's bad news for Everton. Massive part while they're up there. It's, it's a bit yeah. stupid, really. Yeah, but I think that's that's another critical point you touched on there. This was Everton's first real test, I think, of of where they are in terms. Of, you could say Spurs away. Yes, it's a very tough fixture um, on the opening day of the season, and they've played some lovely stuff since then. Everton, I would have said that this is Everton's first real test um, in in the Premier League. And they just looked a little bit, a little bit off the pace, in my opinion. They're going to struggle now, feeling the pinch of Seamus Coleman picking up an injury, perhaps rushed back a little bit too soon, and uh, also added to that, as Greg rightly points out, the suspension of Richarlison. Um, Charlie, what did you make of Everton yesterday? Yeah, I think they were clearly second best, in my opinion, uh, in, the, in the game. I think what it did show, though, is that it. As long as they do have 
the likes of Calvert-Lewin and Rodriguez still performing at the level they are, they're always going to be in the game. They, they'll never feel like they're out of the game because they've got those quality players that and someone in the form of DCL as well, just who can always just grab a goal. I, I think that's that's what I would take away from that if I were an Everton fan or, or one of the Everton players is that yes, we we didn't we weren't a better team. We still came out of that with with a point. Um, so I, I think yeah, uh, despite the fact that they they didn't play particularly well, I, I reckon yeah they they would actually see, try and take that as a positive as yeah. uh, they still managed to get a point, ending up with ten men and and and. DCL yeah. getting another goal as well. Yeah, so let's move away from the negatives. We can all pretty much sit here and say Pickford should have been sent off, Richarlison deservedly sent off, disaster for Liverpool, Van Dijk being out, but most people will know that. And also in this game, there was four, I think all four goals of high quality. Um, mm. Mane and Robertson's link up down the left-hand side, Sadio Mane back into the Liverpool side. I can't speak highly enough of Mane. I, I genuinely believe Mane is Liverpool's most imp- important player. He adds that real dynamism. He's a, He must be terrifying to play against as a fullback. Um, Salah with a brilliant strike. Dominic Calvert-Lewin's header was sensational. In my opinion, probably the goal of the day. Um, and then uh, a good header from uh, Michael Keane as well. Both of those teams are going to be absolutely fine. It's uh, just tarnished a little bit by the uh, by some of the events that happened during the game. Overall, though, you know, a cracking Merseyside derby, and uh, there was uh, a few other games that happened yesterday. Unfortunately, Charlie, your uh, your Arsenal side went down one nil to uh, Manchester City. Um, yeah. What did you make of the uh, performance in for, for, from Arsenal? First of all. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I did predict a Man City win. I, yeah. I think if if you look at the history between us and and just where the two teams are at, I, I think you have to would have to think that they were the favourites going into it. I think where I was a little bit disappointed was that they didn't have KDB. They had a back line that's sort of makeshift and, and haven't played regularly together particularly. So they've had Ake coming as a new player and they've Ruben Diaz as well. So I, I would have liked to see seen us go for them a bit more, whereas we kind of sat to what our, what our plan has been recently, which is just kind of sitting back, trying to stay defensively compact and, and deep, and then hit them on the counter. And I, I think Guardiola definitely out outwit Arteta, I think, in terms of how he set the team up. It was a slightly different. It was more of a back three for Man City and had Walker sticking on Bamiyang, which seemed to be really effective because Walker is obviously just lightning quick. Um, I think overall, uh, I don't know, I, I guess, you, uh, can you be happy with the 1-0 loss? I don't think you can, but it's po- there's definitely positives in there in that it's an improvement for Arsenal to come away. I think something like four or five of the last six games against them, we've we've conceded three. So it does show an improvement. And, and I think going forward, again, that, that'll be the positive that they take from that is that actually we've for most of the game we we stayed in it we could have you know had had definitely chances on the break as well um but yeah it's it's just i think kind of a bit of a a difficult one for maybe the neutral because it's just yeah the arsenal sitting back and and man city man city a few chances really yeah i think that's pretty uh, pretty fair assessment there mate to be honest man city you know are always going to i was very impressed with uh with the new centre back for City yesterday, I think he, I think he looked uh, in good shape. Yeah, I think he was uh, he had a good game. He had a good game indeed. And and like you say, it just felt like Guardiola just had that little edge. Just it was it wasn't a massive edge, which, which I think is progress for Arsenal. Uh, you're talking about going um, and playing against what is widely regarded by many as one of the best two teams in the country, um, and and just losing one nil. Like you say, can you be disappointed? Can you be happy with a one nil? Maybe not. But you know, it's it's not a disaster. You didn't get humiliated. You probably still continue to move in the right direction. Um, Greg, your boys, a uh, bit of a tough day at the office today against Fulham. Um, yeah, it weren't an easy watch. No, did, did you watch the game? Yeah, I mean, I must admit, I didn't watch the game today. But uh, what, what did you make? Wasn't that one of wasn't that one of the box office ones? I think you're the first person that I've heard, or or maybe uh, talk quietly, streamed it illegally, but. Very quietly, <laughs> definitely <laughs> quietly, but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it, no, what, what did you make of the Sheffield United performance, mate? Bruce Stoner came on, he, he didn't start, but we first half we could have been two or three nil up, and we it, the 
recurring theme for us. We're, we're making chances. We're playing well enough and making chances, but mm. the end product is terrible. Yeah. And it's uh, it's probably going to cost us. Little saving grace is there seems to be quite a few absolutely terrible teams in the league, so we <laughs> might end up being quite a low total to stay up. Well, maybe. Yeah, that, that is we'll true. To, there are a few we'll who are putting their... There are a few who are trying their hardest. Yeah, um, I know we've, we've gone down with the highest ever points to go down, so hopefully we can stay up with the lowest to stay up to, to make well, up for that. That'd be nice. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, a bit clogged up that bottom come end of the year, and we'll be there, and we'll use nothing like last season. Yeah, yeah. last season was a bit special, wasn't it? But it's, uh, it's a shame that it's, it's gone quite so, quite so yeah, south. Yeah, we're, we're one of those teams that needs fans. It's just yeah. not the same without yeah, yeah. I would put Liverpool in the same boat there as well. Liverpool, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Liverpool dominated so much last year because the the crowd just got behind them. Going to Anfield was seen as a horrible place to go. It was almost like people had lost before they even got off the bus, um, and, and that was probably a very difficult place to go. Sheffield United last season. Um, yeah, so, yeah. It's, it's always been one of one of the massive in all leagues we've been in. We've always had up there with the biggest average crowds. Obviously, it's a bit different in the Premier League, but yeah. it's it's never a nice place to go for anyone. So. I'd probably put Arsenal. Is it? I was going to say I'd probably put Arsenal in the opposite camp as one of the teams that actually probably play better without us there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Right then, uh, we've got another another issue of uh, Mr. Timo Werner. Uh, He's going to be hotly talked about. I expect in the FPL section of the pod. Timo comes back with two goals and an assist. Charlie, what do you what what happened? What why is Timo Werner suddenly? (laughs) turn the lights on well I, I don't know if it, it's sudden necessarily I think the stats were there to suggest that he was going to get a goal and a team like Southampton is probably the ideal team for him to play with with space in behind uh, I, I think yes he, he did play well I, I'm as someone with Ings in my team and no Werner I want to point out that Ings actually had a better XG than Werner even though Werner ended up two goals <laughs> but I think yeah, obviously it was it was a good performance, and and I don't think Pulisic directly contributed, but I did mention previously that I think once he's back in the team, that just adds that extra threat where Chelsea suddenly start clicking again and, and look like a, a good sort of potent attack. And Havertz as well, he's he's been ticking along as well, and and I think the the more they play together, the, the better they're all going to get. So I, I think we, we're definitely going to expect expect more goals from them, and and ultimately. He, he's Werner's just kind of performing as as we would expect him to now. Um, so obviously it's it's only one game and and um, yeah you you can't sort of get too ahead of yourself. But I think especially getting those sort of first goals in the Premier League that's going to really help his confidence. So for going forward, I think he's got some fairly they've still got some fairly good fixtures. So I'm sure yeah I'm sure there'll be more goals in it for him to come. And uh, perhaps more more uh, concerning for Chelsea, Greg, was the fact that they were, they were in a, a very commanding position in multiple times in that game. Kepa was back in as Mendy, the new goalkeeper, appears to be injured, um, and they let uh, a commanding position slip again. Um, it, there's a lot of this happening this season in the league, where where teams are are getting leads and, and getting leads, sorry, and and it's uh, it's slipping away. Um, in whatever stage of the game, do you think the lack of fans has got something to do with that? Yeah, quite, quite possibly. Um, for Chelsea, it just it just seems like the norm, doesn't it? There's, there's something not right. The, mm. the defense absolutely terrible. Mm. Uh, I don't know if it's if it's anything to do with Frank, but I don't know how long Roman will give him to make the difference anyway. To be honest, but, yeah. Well, we we are going to talk in a minute. I'm going to uh, give you guys a bullet question in a minute. Um, in fact, let's go on to that now. now. Let's go on to that now. Um, I asked these guys, uh, I asked Charlie and Greg, should I say, before uh, before the podcast started, to think of three ma- the, the three managers that will not make it to the end of the season. Um, everyone who's watching over live on the recording of the podcast on twitch.tv slash footsambo, um, you're welcome to contribute in the chat your, your thoughts on this. We asked the boys for three managers that would not make it to the end of the season. Uh, Greg, going to come to you first. Uh, who's on the chopping block for you? I've got a, a big two, and it's, uh, I don't think it's coincidental that, that neither of them have got experience at the top level. Frank and Ole. Frank Lampard at Chelsea and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at Man United. Indeed. Yeah, both okay. teams have been thrown in at the deep end, and 
and he's doing great, are they, at the minute? No, so why, why Frank in particular? What's gone so wrong for Lampard? Because he had a decent run at, at Derby before coming to the Premier League, but as, as we've said multiple times, Premier League experience seems to be uh, quite critical in, in these kind of situations. Um, what, why Frank in particular? I think it might well be to do with the amount of money they spent, the amount of pressure they're going to be under now. It was at Derby, wasn't really expected to do anything. Yeah, um, it was all out of the blue, and he, he did a good job bringing in youth from from Chelsea mainly, but a bit of other youth as well. And there was really no expectation there or pressure because he'd not spent all the money and needed to do the job, sort of thing. Yeah. I think uh, Abramovich has got previous for not giving people a lot of time, so it'll be interesting. How long he does give Frank if they carry on in the the vein of form there at the minute? Okay. And it was similar with um with him at his, in his first season at Chelsea, obviously with the transfer ban. So he wasn't under particularly any pressure because they weren't expecting a lot from him, and and you probably over over exceeded expectations yeah. at that point based on the yeah. fact that they couldn't yeah, yeah, yeah. spend anything. Yeah, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. Um, and then you've got Ole, and and who was the, your third manager, mate? I was stuck in between Dyche, Bilic and Parker. I don't think Burnley or Sackshaw and Dyche in a rush just because of how well they've done the previous few years. Yeah. Other two, I'm not I'm not so sure. Um, it's going to be just down to a chairman sort of thing, isn't it? Because neither of them have got big expectations, but they've yeah. both started terribly. Yeah. Um, and had had we not been so well, so good under Wilder for the last few years, I think he'd be under a bit of pressure. But I, can't see him being sacked for a bad season. I think they'd probably keep him if we did good out. Um, yeah, the third one, I'd, I'd probably say Village if out of the three that was questioning. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and then uh, Charlie, who who have you got as your three, mate? So I've gone with Deitch, Scott Parker, and Solskjaer. Um okay. I think Deitch. I. It has been rough or sort of tough with them with the defensive injuries they've had, but it just kind of feels like it's going a little bit the same way um, Bournemouth did with Eddie Howe. It's just he, he feels he's been there for quite a while. I think since like 2011 or 12, mm-hmm. it, it does just sort of feel like he's kind of outstaying his welcome a little bit now. I, th- I think to be fair to Burnley, they are one of the clubs that sort of do sort of see themselves at where they actually are. They, they, I don't think they're getting. They think that they should be progressing a lot further than. Know, wherever they normally sort of finish around mid-table normally yeah. um but yeah the way it's gone so far this season i think they still don't have any points and if it's anything like that towards the end of the season if they are relegation threatened i i just see him I, I i don't i don't think they'll stick with him um scott parker i i, I think again because fulham are going to be there or thereabouts for relegation i, I think they're just going to want to get someone with with proper premier league experience i think they uh he's what he's joined them the beginning of last season and that's that's his, his first management job so I, I yeah I just can't I just can't see them holding with him if if they think that there's a chance for them to stay up maybe if if they are sort of guaranteed to go down by sort of maybe Christmas or whatever they might stick with him just as a sort of long-term plan if, if they if they don't even think they can get someone in to change anything um, but yeah I still see him going and then Solskjaer I think it's just a thing of it's you know I think the level that they they sort of see themselves at and and to be fair they they can do it with the players they've got they they just got to they have to get someone in that can that can get those players to perform as they should and we've seen bits and pieces of it this season and and a bit last season as well but nothing consistently enough to make you think okay that that's that's working they've got a full on plan there you can see what's going on. And I think actually the the example of Ancelotti at Everton is going to make them think. Well, why didn't why didn't we do that? Why yeah. there was this great manager on the market. Why why didn't we look for someone like that rather than keeping faith with someone that ultimately hasn't got the experience at, at this sort of height? So obviously he's he's managed a few teams like Cardiff and I think in Sweden as well or something. Mm-hmm. But it it just he hasn't got the experience of managing the high profile players, the really um, top top level. And I think. They're ultimately going to need someone like that if they want to to progress further. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty as comprehensive as answer as we're ever going to get. As brilliant justification there, mate. Thanks for your thoughts on that. Um, just for the record, mine mine have been covered by the other boys, but I, I did go, I did go for the uh, the Dyche Parker Billich trio uh, with honorary mentions to to Lamps and Ole. But 
I think of the two, if I had to pick one out of Lampard and Solskjaer to get sacked this season, it's probably going to be Solskjaer. Um, I think of, if you had to say one of them is going to be given more time than the other one, I think Lampard's probably going to be given more time than Solskjaer. But uh, who knows? Who knows? The Premier League is a funny old uh, a funny old situation at the moment. So let's move on to Fantasy Premier League. The main reason why uh, why most of us are here. And uh, it's been a rather interesting, uh, interesting game week in the Foot Sambo Premier League. Uh, Charlie, how's your uh, how's your game week been? Uh, it's 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 been okay. Uh, so I'm on forty points currently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I was fearing the worst because I had, have a lot of players that are playing each other. So I had Salah and Trent yeah. up against Hammers and Calvert Lewin, mm-hmm. but three out of the four of them returned, so that was that went pretty well. And then I had Ings up against Chilwell. So I brought Chilwell in uh, for Tierney. Yeah. Um, basically off the premise that I think ultimately I'm, I'm looking for the attacking points from defenders now. I'm not I'm not caring about clean sheets anymore because yeah, I just yeah. don't think it's coming. Yeah. Um, and I think Ch- the number of balls Chilwell's putting in, he, he looks so good going forward. I, I, I expect lots of attacking points from the season. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so a few other disappointing performances in, in, in there. Yeah. Um, Mares, I think is I've got at the moment. He is actually looking quite good. He's taking quite a lot of shots, so I expect some some returns from him uh, sometime soon. But um, it's not quite happening for me yet. I reckon they've got a good few fixtures coming up, so I think he'll be um, he should start returning. And with the injuries they've got, he, I, I'm fairly certain as much as he can be with a Guardiola team of of him keeping his place. Uh, and then I've got double wolves still, which is a bit of a concern with how they're performing. But yeah, at I least also have good. double wolves. Yeah. Yeah, me, me, it, me. <laughs> with double wolves. Okay, interesting. So at least it gives us something to to hope for for tomorrow to to bump us up the league a little bit. Yeah, that it does. That it does. Um, Greg, how was your game week? Bang average. I'm I'm on forty three as well. So I'm very similar points to uh, Mr. Marsh. Yeah, Captain yeah. Bruno, which has pretty much saved me. Captain Bruno, that saved you well. Okay. Purely for purely for his penalties, they seem to get one every week. So I thought, why not? And he, he just happened to pick this week to miss one, which yeah. is of course, of course, the one. I've got Justin still playing now for Leicester. I believe they've still got a clean sheet, haven't they? So that'd be ideal if they can hang on. That's a few yeah, more points. Well, unfortunately, I've got Justin sat on the bench, which is less than ideal. Um, <laughs> I also had uh, had Richarlison still in against your boys. Did you? Yeah. Well, uh, so did the league leader actually, and uh, Nikolai Barber still tops the table. At the moment, as it stands, however, he will be overtaken tonight when the uh, when the results come in. Uh, Nikolai had Richarlison in. He triple captain Zaha today against uh, Brighton, which was a particularly bold move. Paid off for him. He got the goal um, up to twenty one points there. He sat in there with Harry Kane in his team, and unless Saiz for Wolves uh, scores a hat trick and keeps a clean sheet, it's probably going to be top of the table for a different name. And that name is Mr. Guy Metcalf, who has put in a fantastic game week with 80 points coming from this game week. Uh, he had he had captained Harry Kane, he has Timo Werner and Calvert-Lewin in his front line there for a 48 points just from the strikers. Uh, Son and Salah and Zaha in the midfield, um, along with Trossard and uh, Egan, Alexander-Arnold, Justin and McCarthy. Um, at the back, so a uh, brilliant, uh, brilliant display from Guy. That looks like that is going to be enough to get him to the top of the table. Uh, I'm holding my own in uh, P3. I got 59 points this week, which I think is probably going to be good enough to hold the top three as it stands. Maybe even extend a little bit. Pritchard there in fourth, only got 39 points, although he has uh, still got Connor Cody to play, so he he needs similar hat trick heroics. Hills um, has gone pretty big. Hills has gone big, has he? Let's uh, let's find out exactly how Hills did. Seventy-five points. Wow, that might not be enough to hold on to the top three. Then there, it is a fifteen-point deficit. There, it's going to be close. Hills, okay, is, uh, yeah. Hills is going to get up and around there for sure. Very good week for him. And then rounding out the top ten from six down to ten, we've got Cameron Henderson with Joe on a boat FC up into P six. Paul Clark in P seven. Di Lewis with uh, Verner's Learners in P eight. Uh, Lee, uh, Leon Kiervel, hope I pronounced that right, in uh, P9 with What Ziyech Is This? And then uh, Blake Kennedy in P10 with Only Here for the Keve. 
uh, in uh, rounding out the top ten. Greg currently uh, missing out by one point on that top ten. Uh, I'm not sure if the, if this week's going to be enough to get you back in, but let's let's hope so. And uh, Charlie Thinking, is uh, up to P17. Party time up to P17. So the uh, the rise is coming from those boys. Um, one thing I still have up my sleeve is the wild card and a few a few ideas. I haven't yet. I'm yet to play my wild card. Um, I did uh, keep Werner in. I bought in Ollie Watkins and Rian Brewster this week. Uh, I think Brewster could be a useful useful differential and an enabler for a lot of other uh, a lot of other players to come in and out of the side over the next couple of weeks. Um, by enabler, we mean a lower cost player, which frees up money to be able to make transfers easier. Um, for those of you who, who don't quite know what that, what that one is, um, Ollie Watkins in. I was hoping he was going to get a goal today. Aston Villa have got a very favourable run of fixtures now. Um, but they only have two games, or one game, should I say, over a three on the FDR um, in the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve fixtures. So definitely a team to look at there, Villa. If they can repeat any of their heroics against Liverpool, then it might be worth looking at maybe a Watkins or a Grealish or someone like that. Um, Charlie, any thoughts on uh, on any players to watch over the coming weeks? Um, yeah, I mean... I think, well, the next, I think it does get tough for Man City in, in a little bit and then it gets really good for them. So I think by about game week 10 or 11, I know that's looking a little bit ahead into the future, that's, um, it does look good for them. Um, again, I, I think it's just getting so hard to call now because of the way, I, th- I think fixtures, fixtures kind of go out the window now and anyone can beat anyone is no true as it is this season. Um, I Yeah, I, I, I think... Spurs, it's it's getting a bit inevitable if you haven't got any of them that you should start to bring them in. Um, Gareth Bale coming off the bench today, you would imagine that he'll he'll get a few starts coming up soon now as well. So if you if you imagine how how good they looked in terms of their scoring potential anyway um, today, throw Bale into that as well, and then you've just got a ridiculous team. So mm. lots of goals coming from them still, and they've still got some some okay fixtures. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, looking at the stats you've pulled off for this week, then, so the top 10's captains, three people captained Son, three people pulled the masterclass of captaining Werner, um, two uh, captained Kane, also paid out very nicely, Salah and Zaha, so all captains scoring and returning today for the top 10, that's interesting. Uh, top 10 chip usage, uh, Nikolai played as triple captain, as we do know on Zaha, and Andy Hills, oh, sorry, not Andy Hills, uh, Hills, Hills donator played his wild card. I plucked Andy out of thin air there. I don't know where that came from. He's played his wild card this week. Um, top 10 hits taken. Uh, only one hit taken in the top 10 this week. Um, Charlie, do you think that's because people are settled with their teams? Or maybe it's the fact they're not confident in making transfers with such an unpredictable Premier League? Well, yeah, exactly. That's 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 kind of how I'm, I'm seeing that. Is that. I think it could be either of those, really. I think you're... At this point, if you're making, if you're taking hits, it's 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 a much more, much more of a gamble than it ever ever has been, as to whether it actually pays off now. Because as as we've said, anything could happen really, and anything can beat anyone, and um, you could easily be taking out a player that that might you know bag a hat trick or something. So yeah. I think I my sort of viewpoint now is going to be to try and focus on players that really aren't performing to take out, rather than focus on players I really want in at the expense of someone that maybe could still could still bag some points so yeah i'm gonna be focusing on the on the the badly performing players in my team and getting rid yeah okay and uh, an interesting stat pulled up by uh stat man charlie frankie jack uh if you're listening to this my man i think we need to have a word with your uh, with your assistant manager whoever they are because uh you are currently leading the league for the most points benched over the first five game weeks. Frankie Jack has left 61 points on the bench over the first five game weeks, which would probably be enough to put you up in amongst contention of the league, including Emmy Martinez's clean sheet and penalty save in game week two, Tyrone Mings's goal and clean sheet in game week three, and Son's 18-pointer in game week four. Let's hope he didn't uh, leave Son out today as well. Um, quite an impressive... Uh, quite an impressive... Uh, Incident, I mean, impressive is maybe the wrong word. Quite a disappointing uh, return. Impressive incompetence, should we say, um, for Frankie Jack there. Um, overall, just, boys... just, 
just to point out, he's actually got. I, I was just having a look. He's got sixty-seven points this week. Has so he? fair play. <laughs> okay, so he's turned it around a little bit. Fair play to him. Fair play to him. He's turned it around a bit. Um, overall, though, the Fantasy Premier League is in full swing. If you want to see where you are, do head over to fantasypremierleague.com and check out uh, the league table. The Footstambo Premier League is updated. Uh, after, I think it's at midnight when they get updated, or somewhere in the late hours of the evening. Following games, bonus points get chucked on as well. So do go check out where you are. Um, prizes can be uh, details of the prizes can be found in the Twitch chat um, if you want to head on over and check those. But uh, things are starting to hot up in the FPL for sure. And uh, we're now going to move on to uh, a slightly more light-hearted uh, area of the pod where we're going to play a little game. We're going to give Basic Greg, who's our our lonely guest tonight, the uh, the opportunity to win a gifted subscription for the chat who are watching live on uh, on twitch.tv slash footsambo at the moment. Uh, Greg, when you were on here last time, we had a game of higher or lower, but in all honesty, I am genuinely, or bigger or smaller, sorry, we played last time, I, I'm, I'm in all honesty running out of footballers because everybody tends to be the same height who comes on the pod, uh, which is a bit inconvenient, but uh, everyone seems to be very tall. Um, so I'm running out of uh, running out of footballers for that. So I've got an, I've got a new game for you today, mate. It's called higher or lower. So we've moved miles away from bigger or smaller, and we're going for higher or lower this time. That's it. Then. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. So in homage to the uh, the international break which we had last week, where uh, England such spectacularly beat the Belgians, and then uh, such uh, an unbelievable performance to lose to Denmark. Uh, we have. Uh, a challenge for you where I need you I'm going to list off England strikers uh, English strikers should I say um, who may or may not have represented in fact I think they've all represented their country now and I need you to tell me uh, as we go down the list whether the next name has scored more or less goals than the previous striker so I'm going to kick off with uh, with Michael Owen who has 150 Premier League goals and then I'm going to give you five strikers and it's just basically higher or lower so I'm going to give oh, you the Premier, next name. Premier League goals. Premier yeah. League goals. Yeah. Only right. Premier League goals. Uh, I'm going to give you the name of the next striker. They're all English. And I need you to tell me whether you think it's higher or lower than the previous number. All right. And after after it's right, I'll unveil the amount of goals that that player has scored. If we'll, we'll play to the end, regardless. If you get them all right, the chat win a gifted subscription. So I yep. hope that's mm-hmm. relatively clear. Uh, a bit of a mouthful, but it is what it is. <laughs> right, uh, so Michael Owen on 150 Premier League goals. I need you to confirm for me whether you think Harry Kane, his goal total is higher or lower than Michael Owen's 150. Still lower, I believe. You're going lower. That, yeah, is, lower. that is correct. That is correct. Well done. Good start. Good start. I think uh, I think Harry Kane after today is on one forty eight. After today, closer than I thought. Yeah, me So so that is quite close. But uh, yeah, no, I think he's on one forty eight after today. Um, he was on one forty six at the time of finding these answers out. Um, the next striker uh, to be higher or lower than Harry Kane's total is uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin. It's definitely lower. It's definitely lower. Congratulations. Two out of five so far. Moving on course towards the gifted sub for the chat. Um, the next one, this is where things start to get a little uh, a little trickier. Uh, Danny Ings, Premier League goals higher or lower than uh, Don Calvert-Lewin? How many is DCL on? DCL, sorry, is on 31. Higher. Higher is correct. It's on a roll. He's on a roll. Danny Ings banging in 47 Premier League goals. Uh, we've got two left, and uh, these ones are, uh, are relatively straightforward, but, you know, anything could happen. Um, Jamie Vardy is your next player. Higher or lower it's than higher. Danny Ings is 47. Jamie's higher. Going higher. He's going higher, the fella. And uh, the final one, the final one is uh, Wayne Rooney. Higher or lower than uh, Jamie Vardy? Higher again. Higher again. Congratulations. Well done. You've won a gift of subscription for the chat. Uh, well That's done. Two from two, I believe. I well done. That is two for two in games. I had to give you an opportunity to win a sub for the chat this week after Simkin last week spectacularly uh, seemed to think that... Oh, no, Simkin, was, Simkin was shafted a little bit last week. 
He got Vestigard. He got drawn Vestigard in higher or lower. Thought he was talking about six foot seven Vestigard. And uh, then he got Van Dyke, which most people think is a mountain, and uh, and uh, he's actually taller than Van Dyke. So he did get a little bit hard done by last week, did old Simkin. Well, uh, also also hard done by by the fact that you got his height, reviewed his height wrong. Well, I mean, some may say my source, my source had Van Dyke down at six foot three. Apparently, and as it turns out, he's six foot foot four. So, I mean, there could be a VAR inquest into that, but based on the uh, reliability of VAR at the moment, I wouldn't like to say (laughs) that that would actually prove a correct result anyway. So VAR uh, come back saying he's a midget. Yeah, yeah, VAR come back saying he's five foot four. See you later. Um, So that's probably what the the situation on that one is. Uh, Right, let's uh, let's move on to some predictions. Um, I will uh, I will sort the chat out with that that gifted sub afterwards. Well done, Greg. GG's on that one. Um, right, let's go for some predictions then, boys, to to wrap things off. Uh, Aston Villa against Leeds is the Friday night game uh, next week. Uh, Villa playing at the moment. Leeds playing Wolves tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to kick things off. Then we're going to go for Charlie. Then we're going to Greg, and we'll just rotate through as per last time. Uh, I've gone for a one-one draw in this game. I think Villa playing at home should have uh, a decent enough advantage to not lose this game. Leeds playing very well at the moment, um, but I, I think this is going to be a tough one to call. Um, Leeds have got a couple of couple of uh, banana skin fixtures here with with Wolves this week. We don't really know Wolves not really in the greatest run of form, but obviously a good goal threat, and they could very easily win their game. Um, so Leeds, Aston Villa, I've gone for a one-one draw. Uh, Charlie, what have you got for this fixture? I've gone two one to Villa. Okay. Um, I, I think any game with with Leeds this season is likely to have goals, judging by the way they play. Yeah. And I I just think Aston Villa's defence just looks to have that little extra bit about it. Um, particularly Martinez in goal, uh, as obviously being an Aston fan, I, I'm a big fan of. And obviously they played they've played one less game than than everyone else, but defensively in terms of stats and stuff, they're, they're doing really well. So I just fancy their their defence to hold up a little bit better and, and get them the win. Okay. Uh, Greg. I've also gone two one Villa. Okay, interesting. For similar reasons, I assume. Yeah, I think it might well be higher scoring than that. In honesty, with how both the team games have been going, but I think like you said yourself, the, the home advantage for Villa could be big, and I think it could well get them that three points. I think Leeds, Leeds have started well, but I honestly can't see them keeping it up. Yeah, I think Leeds will be fine. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think Leeds are candidates for relegation with the way that some of the teams in the league are playing this year. Um, but no, I do, no, I do I don't, think. I, don't uh, think I do think that games like this are where they might see them just sort of slip, slip to defeats every now and again. Um, well, I think it'll be close. I don't think there's going to be. There'll be some goals, but I don't think one team's going to give the other an absolute hiding here. Um, that's that's my interpretation of the game anyway. Uh, next up, moving on to the Saturday fixtures. Uh, West Ham, fresh off their comeback against Tottenham this evening, uh, host Manchester City. Uh, Charlie, what have you got for this one? Well, yeah, after, after I, I made my prediction before that comeback, and it is making me slightly question whether I should still go with what I'm going with. But I'm going to stick to my guns, and I've I've gone for a five-one Man City. Um, it might be a little bit extreme, but that's the way the league's going. Um, I think KDB should be back by then. I, I don't think he was he was a, a possibility for the game against us. Um, mm. I think I think having Aguero up front it, it just really helps them have. Obviously, he's he's amazing anyway. But just having that central striker, to, an actual striker playing in striker, yeah. is always good. Um, and I think that would just allow Sterling to to sort of roam and 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 do what he does and and get goals. I he was pretty much the second striker in the game against us and and coming in um, and to devastating effect and ultimately got the the winner against us. So. Yeah, I fancy them just to get lots of goals. I think West Ham have been been great. Um, and it's, it's, I just quite enjoy the fact that the the minute that David Moyes gets back on the sideline, they they're already conceding within like within like two minutes, which has been quite entertaining. But yeah, yeah I, I just I just think it, I'm hoping for something a bit more normal, and I would actually expect Man City to to smash West Ham if it were a normal season, which is not. But I'm I'm praying for it to go back to normal. Yeah, me too. Um, Greg. What have you got here, mate? I've had three-one City. You've got three-one. I have. West Ham the first half today were absolutely atrocious, and I think they might struggle against City. It could it could well be more, like Charlie says. Um, I I have gone for the three. Mm. I expect 
I expect West Ham might grab one, but I can't see City being as poor at the back as Tottenham were today yeah. in that second half. Yeah, uh, I've I've gone two 0 Man City. Um, as good as West Ham were today in the second half, I think as uh, as Greg says, first half defensively was a shambles, um, and uh, I just think I think Man City will just have a bit too much for him. I think that Man City, are one of these teams, if they get a goal, they can suffocate you um, really high up the pitch and just make it impossible for you to get out. So I'm going for a two 0 win to Man City there. Um, next fixture is uh, Fulham against Crystal Palace at Craven Cottage. Greg, what are you going for in this game? I've had one all to this one. One one, okay. Yeah, Palace are a bit favourites, but I, I know the home advantage isn't as big as normal, mm. but I do think it could help Fulham. Um, I'm just fancying to get a point unless unless Zaha shows up with a really good performance. I don't think think Palace are all that. Fulham were Fulham looked all right against us today. We know we know they're nothing special and they're struggling to score as well. They didn't look great going forward like us today, but I think the draw's probably gonna be the fair one there for me. Yeah, okay, fine. Uh I have gone two one to Crystal Palace. I think uh like you say, Greg, the home advantage will probably be enough for Fulham to get a goal. I don't know whether it's gonna be enough for them to get a result, uh, just because they are so bad. At the back, Fulham. Um, I know they were slightly better organised today against Sheffield United, but I think Palace is just going to have a little bit too much about them um, if they do manage to uh, if they do manage to get the ball into those advanced positions and into some of the attacking quality they've got. I think they'll just have a little bit too much for Fulham. So I've gone for a two-one win to Palace, uh, Charlie. Yeah, sort of similar reasons. I've gone two 0 Palace. I, I think Fulham. Just yeah, we, unless Mitrovic is firing, I, I just don't think they're they're quality enough to get to get goals really. And and Palace's defence has generally speaking been okay, other than a few sort of lapses in, in concentration. So yeah, I, th- I think Palace to win that. Okay, uh, the next one is a uh, quite a big game actually. It's uh, Manchester United against Chelsea at Old Trafford. Um, the first time these two have played each other this season, obviously. And uh, in the previous years, it's thrown up some juicy encounters. Um, and two managers, I think this is a really high-pressure game. Um, if Whoever loses this game is going to be under a lot of pressure in their managerial position. Um, I, based, on this week's, uh, based on this week's performances from individual players, in a shock turn of events, I have once again uh, gone against Manchester United's fortune uh, in my predictions. Uh, I've gone for a, a Chelsea 2-1 victory at Old Trafford, um, which you know might... Uh, might surprise a few, might not surprise some of you. We don't tend to back Manchester United particularly frequently, and there's good reason behind that. Um, I think Timo Werner being back in form is a, and back in amongst the goals is a big, big plus for Chelsea. Up against that back four that have got more holes in the colander at Old Trafford, I, I think we've, uh, I think we've potentially got some goals on our hands here. Uh, I just think Chelsea will probably just score one more than Manchester United. It could be four three, it could be three two, um, but logic in my head. Says uh, 2-1 Chelsea. So uh, that's what I've gone for. Charlie, what have you gone for? Yeah, similar result. I've gone 3-1 Chelsea. Uh, I think, but both teams, interestingly, do have uh, European fixtures midweek with Manus being away to PSG, which is obviously a bit tougher than Chelsea being at home to Sevilla. So uh, I think that's obviously going to be an extra thing to to throw into the mix. And, And similar reasons to you, I think all the... Sort of attacking players now for Chelsea, starting to look, starting to look good. Um, I think Venom said earlier in the chat as well about Werner moving back up top as well and, and leaving Abraham out. I, I think that looks to be the way to go, really. And, and hopefully, well, not hopefully from an Arsenal point of view, but for Chelsea's point of view, they would probably stick to that if if that's that's ultimately what um, can get them goals anyway. At least I don't know what the answer to the defensive situation is, but yeah, I, I think both both teams, Chelsea and United, struggling at the back, but maybe Keppel won't be in goal at that point again. I don't know how close Mendy is to, to being back into goal, um, but yeah, I just fancy Chelsea's attack a lot more than I than I fancy the Man U one. Yeah, uh, Greg, I've gone two apiece. Another draw for me. Um, one penalty each, probably. Gonna game. Both defenses are very questionable, aren't they? So I think we're guaranteed goals. Yeah. Um, but last time we said that was Liverpool Leeds, wasn't it? And that it didn't was. that didn't fill us the goals. But yeah, I think. Um, 
could be high scoring. Um, if I was picking a team, if I had to pick a team, I'd be the same as you boys and pick Chelsea. But I think United might just go out. Okay. Um, uh, Liverpool, uh, fresh from uh, their blow to, injury blow to Virgil Van Dijk. I have a home fixture against your boys, uh, Greg. I, uh, I've I've gone to town on this one, but it's up to Charlie to uh, to to call the shots first here. Uh, Charlie, what do you think is going to happen at Anfield? I've still stuck to my guns and gone three 0 Liverpool. I think that, as Greg was saying earlier, really that the Sheffield United just don't seem to have the the striker to to score it. But it's Bruce on loan. I think it is, isn't no, he? Bruce no, we're oh, oh, okay. So it's not like you. Oh, okay, yeah, so, so he can yeah. Okay, so he can play. It's not like he would be ineligible or something. Um, but still, start, to be fair, he got some minutes today for the first time. Yeah, right. I, I wouldn't surprise me if he got a start. Yeah, but so at least I'll have that focal point. But I still, uh, regardless of of the issues that they've had at the back, and, and particularly now with the injuries, I, I just still fancy their quality to, to to take away. And I've got to have a little bit of a shout out for Salah as well. I, I feel like. It's kind of going unnoticed how he just keeps ticking along with with the goals and the, the fact that he got a brace against the Villa. Obviously, the seven's the more important part of that of that fixture, but the fact that he's still got two back in that, in terms of FPL at least, that's 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 a big thing that I think. It sounds a bit strange to say that he's going sort of unnoticed, but I, I feel like he's just ticking along, and I fancy him to, to get at least two in that game. I reckon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Greg, what's uh, what's your verdict? I've also gone three 0 to your boys. I can just see you totally dominating the game, to be honest, with the way we're playing at the minute. Um, I think last year we had two pretty close games with you, to be fair, compared yeah. to a lot of teams. I remember the game uh, well, The game at your place was the, the Henderson era, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, the one you made all year. Yeah, pretty much played us <laughs> off the park that game. Uh, well, it was, it was a good game. Right behind the goal when it went in. Well, yeah, mate. <laughs> I, I, even I felt for Henderson there, I must say, put in an outstanding yeah, yeah. performance that game. Um, and he did just, all season, to be fair. Yeah. To me. I think he made probably one or two mistakes all year, and that just yeah. so happened to be one against Liverpool, which he rated for numerous reasons. Being, being a manual boy as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, I think I think he was dominating. I can't see us getting a sniff. In all honesty. Okay. Uh, based on the fact that Van Dijk's out, Allison won't be back, and there's a bit of a hole in the defence. Uh, I have given Sheffield United a goal, but I also think Liverpool are going to bang in four. So um, I've gone for four-one Liverpool in this game. Um, I think they need. Uh, they looked very threatening against Everton. Every time they went forward, you thought they were going to score. Like uh, Charlie said, I'm glad you, you said it. Probably, I think he is. Uh, I think he's well respected and well rated within the community. I still think Salah is horribly underrated for for what he's doing. What he's doing at Liverpool. Um, yeah, that was an unbelievable start to the season for him. Mane's back. Um, it's interesting to see what's going on with Firmino at the moment. He doesn't look quite. Doesn't look quite. Right, um, having, having watched a lot of Firmino over the years, uh, normally it doesn't impact him at all when he's not scoring goals. I think at the moment he needs a goal uh, to, for his confidence, just to uh, just to get him back on the right right track. And obviously now that uh, Van Dijk is out, there's some centre back positions up for grabs. I think we're going to see a lot less of Fabinho in midfield, and probably uh, a contract extension for Ginny Wijnaldum as Fabinho's. Issued uh, issued a role either as a starting centre back or as cover centre back for for what is there at the moment in the form of Matip and uh, and Gomez. So I think I think Sheffield United might nick something. I wouldn't put it past Brewster to get a goal back at Anfield. I just think Liverpool are going to have too much for Sheffield United in most departments. So four one win from me there. Um, Greg coming to you for Southampton against Everton. What have you gone for? I've gone two one Everton. Okay. Um, had they had Richarlison, it'd probably be more the way they've been playing. Yeah. Um, Southampton aren't doing too badly. Um, I think Cancelotti can win games just by his tactics sometimes. I think this might just be one of those occasions, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, Calvert Lewin scoring every game at the minute, so I can't, yeah. I can't see that being a change. And this, on FPR, I think that might be my one change for the week Richarlison out DCL in. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have actually gone for a, quite a controversial result here. Um, I think Richarlison missing for Everton is a big blow. I think Seamus Coleman missing for Everton again is another big blow. I think uh, 
I think Everton might suffer their first defeat of the season at Southampton. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a two-one Southampton win. Um, Southampton were excellent against Chelsea, I thought, and were 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 right to get a point out of that game. Uh, They play a very high pressing, high pressing game, similar to how Liverpool press you. Southampton are in your face. They're aggressive. They've got midfielders that don't mind getting stuck in. And when they match Everton man for man, I think the Everton could find Dominic Calvert-Lewin a bit isolated, actually, um, up front without Richarlison just linking in. And I know James Rodriguez is there, um, but that's uh, that's my thoughts on the game. I think it's going to be. I'm going to go. I've got to try and make up some points somewhere. I think this is my uh, this is my differential, if you like. Uh, I'm going for it Southampton. It would be against uh, Everton as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, convenient, huh? <laughs> Um, I, I, listen, if Everton were playing most other teams, I, I would probably back Everton. I've backed Everton in most game weeks so far this season, uh, other than last week when I think I, I correctly called the Merseyside derby a two-all draw. Oh, no. No, uh, Hills called it a two-all draw. I called it a one-all draw. Other than that, I've gone for Everton every other week. I just think Southampton are on a bit of a roll at the moment, as much as Everton are as well. I'm going to I'm gonna stick to my guns. I'm going 2-1 Southampton. Charlie, over to you. Well, yeah, I'm not as bold as you as, as making a, a, a rash decision like that. So I've gone 3-1 Everton. Um, I think both teams are able to create and score goals. I think Ings is ticking on nicely with with um, with his goals. But ultimately, between the two of them, Everton are going to be doing that a lot better than, than Southampton are. They, they still, yeah, Richarlison is, is a big miss, but they've still got players like Rodriguez, players like um, Dina whipping these balls in for Calvert-Lewin. It's going to be a lot harder for him up against, as, as we mentioned, the uh, very tall Vestergaard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that just the number of chances they'll create, that I just fancy them to score a lot more than, than Southampton will. So both teams to score for sure, but Everton to win it. Okay, cool. Uh, next game uh, is uh, Wolves against Newcastle. Uh, I think we're coming to... Who are we going to first? I'm oh, going to me for this one first. Uh, I've gone for a 2-1 home win here. I think Wolves are going to beat Newcastle here. Uh, Newcastle a bit hit and miss. They, they, go in, uh, they go in hot flushes, if you like. Um, and uh, I fancy Wolves to get a win here. I, we haven't seen Wolves play against Leeds this week. It might It's a little bit of a, a tough one with, with Wolves playing the way they are at the moment. But I, I just fancy them at home to start picking up results and then start building off home as a platform to get more results. Uh, so I've gone for a, a 2-1 Wolves victory here. Uh, Charlie, what have you got? I've got the same, 2-1 Wolves. Yeah. I think that Newcastle, the kind of the meh team of the season, I, I feel, sorry, Newcastle fans, but uh, they're just, yeah, they're kind of not doing anything amazing and not doing anything awful. They're just kind of bog standard at the moment. And I think Wolves, at some point, they do have the quality in the squad to start turning things around. And like you say, we, we've not seen how they're going to perform against Leeds tomorrow, but... The, the, the game against Newcastle, that's the kind of game they're going to need to start winning if they're going to turn this around and get back to, to where they should be. So I think, yeah, I, I can see them doing it and, and taking the game. OK. Uh, Greg, Wolves, Newcastle? Um, full out. Exactly the same. Full out 2-1. Indeed. Um, cool. Newcastle are just performing as you expect a Steve Bruce team to perform in a minute, aren't they? Yeah. There's not really a lot to win. They might get the result now and then, but they're not, they're not going to do anything special. And I, I do think Wolves will beat Leeds tomorrow as well, so we'll be on a bit of a bit of a high going into that one. Okay, cool. Uh, Charlie, over to you then first for your boys. Arsenal hosting Leicester. Um, tough fixture, but what do you think? Uh, what do you think is going to happen in that one? I have gone for an Arsenal Arsenal two one win, um, which is the first time I've predicted an Arsenal win on the pod. So that's nice, nice feeling. Um, I, I think the way the way we've we're setting up now is is going to suit us against a team that will most likely have Vardy in it. He's not playing tonight, but I think he's it's only like a really short injury. Uh, he should be back. But he thrives on space in behind, whereas we're now setting up really deep, really compact. I don't think he'll have as many chances as he normally would against us. We Quite often the games between us and Leicester have always been really like end-to-end, really high-pressing, just going for it, countering. Um, whereas our, our style now is completely different. So I think... Yeah, I, I do fancy us for the win. Again, I'm, st- I'm still not quite convinced about some of our defenders, so I, I do see us conceding at some point, but I think we've just got enough to, to win it. Okay, cool. Uh, Greg, what have you gone for, mate? I've gone for the end-to-end sort of result. I've gone 3-2 Arsenal. Um, 
Uh, looking at the Leicester game tonight, I was thinking of possibly changing it. It's still 0-0, <laughs> but mm. I think I think it'll be a, a, a very good game for the neutral, that one. Um, especially if Vardy's back, Charlie says. He's been quality this year. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Um, and Arsenal are, are questionable at the back, so... But I also think they're very, very good going forward. So, yeah, 3-2 for me. Okay, cool. Um, I've gone for a 1-1 draw here um, in a in similar fashion to what, what you said about Leicester this evening. Um, looking organised at the back and uh, not looking particularly spectacular going forward. Um, I think Leicester tend to perform pretty well in big games away at, at top sides. Um, and I think I've gone off that basis. Leicester might put in a big performance here and sneak something out of this game. Uh, Arsenal quality side. I could I could see a day where Arsenal rock up and win this game two three nil, but again I need to try and make up some points somewhere. There's no point in trying to uh, trying to say the same as as everyone else. So I'm going to go one one in this game. Uh, Arsenal Leicester. Uh, Greg, coming over to you for Brighton West Brom. I've gone op- opposite to what I've just gone with the the entertaining game. I think it'll be <laughs> a very very boring one one nil home win to Brighton. Yeah. Um. Neither of them are sparkling, are they? Um, I, I can't see it being a very entertaining game, to be honest. No, and uh, almost exactly the same. Not going to even elaborate anymore on what you just said. That I've also gone 1-0 to Brighton. Uh, Charlie, what have you got? As it happens, I've also gone 1-0. Okay. Um, I, I do actually think it, there might be a little bit more entertainment from the Brighton point of view. I think they do do play quite well when I've been watching them. When you've got the likes of Lamptey, he looks really encouraging. And I did consider putting him in my team, actually, um, but just went with Chilwell in the end. But, mm. yeah, I, I still think um, not many goals, perhaps, so 1-0. Villa have just scored as we speak. Oh, Ross Barkley. OK. <laughs> it's a shame. thought it was going to be Ollie Watkins. Big result, that. Watkins for the fantasy team. For the fantasy team, that's a big win for Villa, that. That must have been, what, 90th minute or something, though? 91st minute, yeah. Big James Justin, clean sheet wipeout. James Justin, clean sheet oh, wipeout yeah. on the bench. Oh, things you no. love to see, boys. Things you love to see. He's, he's not been taken off for once. Tactical gets taken off. Yes, boys. Lovely. That's 1-0 to Villa. Oh, dear. There's been seven yellow cards in that game as well. Yeah, must have been a bit of a chaos. Interesting. A feisty occasion. Very good goal by the sounds of things. <laughs> Apparently. Hills is uh, Hills is upset. Unfortunately, uh, the Leicester <laughs> fan, our resident Leicester fan, is not the best, not the most pleased with that. But I'm going to wrap us off then with uh, the final game to drop our predictions on: Burnley against Spurs. Uh, I've gone for a three-one Spurs win in this game. Um, Burnley, a tough place to go, as you saw in the Spurs documentary. Spurs class it is the hottest away game in the league. Um, but uh, I, I think they'll have enough here with Gareth Bale. But I fully expect Gareth Bale to start this game if he's fit, uh, which by all accounts he is. And I expect Kane and Son to get in and amongst the goals as well. So 3-1 Spurs for me here. Charlie? Uh, I've gone 3-0 Spurs. Okay. Um, again, we were recording before the Burnley game tomorrow. Um, but they just yeah they just haven't looked good this season. So I, I, I can't see them being able to put much of a fight up against Tottenham, who despite conceding those three goals and, and that will probably hurt a little bit particularly getting the the late equaliser that they conceded today but they ultimately just have so much strength going forwards that yeah I, I can see them sort of getting those goals fairly early and, and sitting back on that okay and uh greg what have you gone for in this one same as yourself three one for me as well okay. i think spurs will dominate the game they do look a bit shaky at the back i won't have the fancy for a clean sheet at the minute no Jose will be, be trying to look at that in January. Uh, I think that is going to be an absolutely horrendous team meeting to be in tomorrow morning. <laughs> that is going to yeah. be a vile one. Um, but it is what it is. It, uh, it can't be helped, I suppose. You know, with uh, Spurs throwing away a 3-0 lead against West Ham today. Uh, and that rounds off the predictions uh, for the uh, for the night. Uh, on that basis from last week, while well, we just have a quick rain check on there, we've got some scores to enter from this week. Um, no one actually correctly getting... Oh, Sambo got a correct point in there. Oh, I'll, I'll tally these up off. But at the moment, it's very close between uh, Hills, Charlie and myself for uh, for who's going to get some points in those. Uh, Simkin, uh, unfortunately, is, is slightly behind after some ambitious... Uh, 
ambitious estimates, should we say, uh, from our man Sim Kim. We liked the bravery last week, uh, but it hasn't quite paid off in, in a number of fixtures. So uh, Sim Kim might be out of the race. But uh, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give him some minor points for predicting an Arsenal win, if he likes. Um, on that on that note, we're going to wrap things off, boys. Just remind us where uh, remind us where we can find you outside of the outside of the podcast, Charlie. Yeah, so I'm chmarsh26 on Twitter and same on Twitch. Okay, and Greg, uh, basic underscore Greg on Twitch and Greg Seal FIFA on Twitter. Amazing, gentlemen. Thank you very much for your time this evening. Uh, we're going to be back next week where Pritchard plays. Will join us. Uh, Will join Charlie and myself in the hot seat. Um, so looking forward to uh, getting his his thoughts on some worldly matters in the world of football. Um, but until then, thank you once again to the both of you for joining us this evening. Uh, we have been recording for the podcast, which will be featuring on Spotify during the week. Do feel free to head over and check that one out. And if you want to come and catch us during the week streaming over on Twitch, that's twitch.tv slash footsambo. Um, for now, guys, I wish you all a very good week. Uh, look after yourselves. Stay safe. Take care. And I'll speak to you next time. God bless.